Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your coach Skeeter, and along with me, as usual tonight, are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. Doing good. How are y'all? Well, Cole, I'll go ahead and let you uh, take the reins here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've had uh, this person's son on the uh, podcast. It's not the first father-son duo. Well, I guess it technically is the first father-son duo, uh, Mr. Joe Carter. Uh, is on us, uh, not on us, but on the show with us uh, tonight. Mr. Carter, how are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm blessed. Yes. Good deal. Good deal. So, yeah, for I guess those that can't put two and two together, uh, Mr. Joe Carter is Noah Carter's father. Um, and, yeah, the reason why uh, why he's one of our beloved Missouri Tigers. So, um, yeah, I guess, Mr. Carter, for those that are unaware of um, – We'll we'll get into the Mizzou connection later, of course. Uh, and again, for those that can't put two and two together, we'll we'll go in depth for them, I guess. Um, but if you don't mind, I guess tell a little, you know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, what your connection is not only to basketball but also to uh, to the outdoors. Well, um, I like you said, I'm Noah Carter's dad, and uh, of course, um, played a little basketball, you know, back in the day, and. Uh, Absolutely love Mizzou and happy that God blessed Noah to land there. And it's been a wonderful ride. Um, I think it's some more to come. Um, uh, as far as outdoors, uh, two of the things that I absolutely have on the brain is walleye fishing and and big bucks. Uh, and I love eating those, too. They're delicious. So, yeah, I, yeah I, that's both, right. I probably only killed one. I know I've only killed one deer with a gun and all the rest of them have been with the bow. Yes. Heck yeah. yeah. That's I love, awesome. I love the bow hunters, man. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's my, that's my big, uh, habit right now, man. I've, I've gotten into bow hunting recently out of, out of rifle and that's all eating and sleeping. I get home from work and shoot the bag. I feel you. That is my thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Once you have been blessed or harvest to deal with the bow, uh, to have a gun, you feel like you're cheating and there's no other feeling. I can't explain it. It's like, I, I, I mean, your heart just shakes. I, I don't care if you're in a NCAA tournament, you're going for a big dunk. You will not feel the same adrenaline rush as you would with a nice big old buck um, in front of you with your ball. Okay. Actually, I want to touch on that because that's something I was going to ask you later on. You played, uh, we know you played college ball and you played semi pro ball. Yes. Um, now, me uh, personally, I played college, college ball, college ball, college basketball, or excuse me, high school, high school basketball, baseball uh football and then you know kind of want to live my life but for right now the biggest the biggest high i can chase is in the field that turkey coming up coming in range that you know that deer crossing me that yep. is like the biggest high i can get so does that compare to when you're in a big moment maybe you're at the free throw line end of the game or you know game winning shot something like that it, it's over that it's, it's it's that I don't think there's a, a, a bigger high. I've had a chance to do the, the basketball thing and be, be around with a lot of fans and stuff. There is no bigger high I've I've had with having that deer right there in front of you, having a, a trophy buck right in front of you and you're, you're about to, you know, for me, it does it with any type. It doesn't have to be a trophy deer. It's a, 
you know you're about to harvest that deer. I mean, you're hard. You, you're trying to control every one of the emotions in your body and hope that you can just have that repetition to keep it all together to make that shot. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that's awesome that we've had, you know, Mr. Carter say it. We had Ty Wilmsmeyer say it. I think we've had almost every athlete that we've had on the show um, so far that has mentioned, you know, that in the heat of the moment, because uh, Mr. Carter, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're all archers, guests, um, and then every athlete that we've had on the show also uh, is an archery hunter. So oh, we all cool. kind of have that connection. So, um, yeah. but that's, that's pretty crazy to know that, you know, in each, you know, respective sport, um, the heat of the moment in bow hunting kind of e eclipses and surpasses that, uh, that moment in the game. Yes. Um, I'll say what got me when I first started doing it, here's the, the thing that I fell in love with, with the bow hunting is, is very similar to like shooting a shot or shooting a free throw. For example, um, the, the mechanics, having your balance, your eyes, your follow through, all those things are the same thing with shooting a basketball. Um, and the very first time when I started bow hunting, um, I was like, man, I like shooting a bow, but maybe this hunting stuff is not for me. I could be out fishing right now. And that's the way I felt about it until the first day it came, came by, I, I had a, a doe come. I had been out in the field for probably about two months. Nope. I think we, we lost you there, Mr. Carter. Yep, so you can pop back in. Yeah. Man, I was getting rid really of that story, too. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I'm like, okay, too much. You've been in the field. How long? <laughs> I'm, right, I'm not usually this quiet in the podcast. <laughs> but I can listen to this man talk. Yeah, oh, we're intrigued. Yeah. I'm going to let Joe carry this one for us. That's all right. They get the, the listeners hear enough of us. That's so. what I'm saying. They, they don't tune in for us, these guys. They don't, yeah, they don't listen for us. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm about tired of coughing. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you got a little bug because I think, uh, I think my, my mom came down with it today because she couldn't watch my kid because she said she just couldn't stop coughing. It's been like a week. Like, I started feeling bad last week when we went to the zoo with my kid. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I'd been just, like, coughing stuff up and congested. I don't know. That's no fun. No, it sucks. I got that. But. Hey, he could have got a phone. He could have got a phone call, too, as well. Remember uh, Ty? Oh, that's right. It was like, Dylan. Yeah. Dylan yeah. kept getting phone yeah. calls. Yeah. He said so, everyone in his family kept calling. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I told everybody I was doing this. Hello, hey, sorry about nice. that, guys. Hey, uh -huh. <laughs> no, you're good. Absolutely. No he worries. Went out, but uh, going back to that story, um, I had been out for about uh, about two months and hadn't hadn't even seen a deer. And I thought it wasn't, I thought the 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 bow hunt wasn't for me. I was like, this is just not for me. I um I, I could be out fishing. So all of a sudden, I saw a doe, two bucks in the middle of the rut. Two does are following that. I mean, two bucks are following that doe. And then, uh, man, Godzilla stepped out. That's all I can say. He stepped out. It was a, one of the biggest deer I've ever seen on the hoof. The other two ran away. Um, 
I'm sitting there with a with a rattle with with antlers, and I rattled. I didn't think it was gonna work. I just rattled, and like a beeline, that that buck came over to me. But unfortunately, I had the western sun to my back. The deer came into the into the uh, shadows of the of the timberline, and when I pulled my bow back, I couldn't see through my peep, and he was only probably about twelve yards away. That's how sad this is. And um, man. I, oh. and he was a non-typical and, and Iowa has some big bucks. We have some big bucks. Oh, yeah. And what happened? I shot right over him. I shot mm. over him and he ran about eight yards, came right back in front of me. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't keep it together. I couldn't even breathe. I, I think I was holding my breath for probably about two minutes, maybe, and didn't get a chance to re uh, knock an arrow. And then he went off behind that doe and walked out of my life forever. And that's what hooked me. I I I was hooked. I thank God for the miss because it, it, it lit a fire in me that I, 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 I just fell in love with it. I said, I gotta be able to do this and put it back together. But that was that first time, those feelings that we talked about before the show started that you can't describe, you know, trying to keep all of those emotions in check, but also doing all the things you need to do to harvest that deer and harvest it the right way. Yeah. You know, that's funny. You talk about that. Uh, my first two or three years of bow hunting, uh, I had shot raccoon, possum, uh, a squirrel, and a gray fox, and missed several deer. And huh. I could not figure out, like, air target shooting and the small varmints, like, uh, I, I didn't miss. I could place my arrow right where I wanted. But then I realized how much my heart rate jumped on on the deer trying to rein that emotion in and control your breathing and the shaking and uh honestly i watched a 10 nugent hunting show one day and <laughs> yeah he said aim small miss small and that's yep i still tell that to myself today pulling that bow back but uh you know i was hooked in in the misses as well so i love that you you didn't i mean uh would love if you would have got the the big buck, but you know that you got hooked uh, without a successful hunt, as yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I would I would tell you, um, I didn't get a deer that year at all, it, it, and that was the challenge. I think that's why people love the bow hunting so much. It's the challenge because you don't know what to expect or what to happen. Um, I finally the next year I did get a doe. Uh, I was just sitting there and, and, and I'll tell you it, to me, it's just like basketball. I couldn't, I, I, I'm going to explain it the best way I can. I'm sitting in the tree and here comes a big raccoon. I look at that raccoon and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot that raccoon. And some said, Nope, you're here to kill a deer. Don't shoot that raccoon. And I'm not kidding you within I'm standing there looking at the raccoon within probably about 40 seconds, a nice big, Doe comes in front of me and gives me a perfect quarter away shot, and I was able to harvest my first deer that way. And um, it was like a jump shot. It was like all of a sudden I saw it, I did my shot, and it was fine. But when we get into more of this, I had a shot, and the whole time all my deer I shot were like a jump shot. I saw the deer, and I shot it before I had time to really get into those feelings of of, of emotions. But then when I finally got my trophy buck that I have, the biggest one I have to this point, it was like shooting a free throw at the end of the game with two seconds to win the game and you have to hit both the free throws. That's how that one happened. And that was unreal. I, I can remember every 
heart pounding emotion that went through me when I did that. Just unbelievable. <laughs> now, I, I do want to ask you, uh, is when you're, you're professional walleye fisherman, you said, so yes. when you're in a tournament and it's getting close, you know, you're close on the leaderboard and it's getting close to weigh-ins and you, you set the hook on that big one, like, is that adrenaline rush compare any? That's that's the adrenaline rush, but it still doesn't compare to to harvesting the deer. I mean, because there's so many other factors in it. You don't know what the other fields are doing. You know, you you don't. All you know is you're doing your absolute best to get that to, to get that fish in, and you're thinking like you're doing good, and you're feeling good. But sometimes, you know, luck is on your side. You know, you um, I haven't got that first place circle yet. I've been in fifth place, fourth place. I, but um, I think that you don't get, you don't, you don't have time to allow yourself to really sink it in until everything's all over with. And that's when you get back to the stage. So when you're catching that fish, you're always thinking about the next bite. It's almost, there's a show out. Some of my buddies doing this called the next bite. You got to have your mind geared. Okay. I got that. It's a nice fish. It'll anchor my bag or anchor, you know, the, the, the bag of fish I have, but I'm on to the next bite. I got to get to that next bite and just keep doing it till the time runs out. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but the big question I had that I want to ask you was, so uh, the first, when your, your son was on a few months ago, he had mentioned that you, uh, you weren't really an outdoorsman at all until you'd gone to college in Iowa. Uh, just want to kind of go over how all that happened and how you kind of got into all this. Well, I, I grew up on the South side of Chicago and of course <laughs> there was no, I always had a feel of, I wanted to fish, but um, it wasn't there. And then um, it was a void. What happened was I, uh, I was playing basketball um, in college. I uh, was doing a, uh, I, I tried out for, it, now they call it the G League. It was the Continental Basketball, the CBA League team in Rockford, Illinois called the Rockford Lightning and um, got on the team was on the team, but ended up getting cut off the team because one of the guys who was already on the team um, was trying out for the pros for Houston Rockets, and he got let go and came back for his job. But what happened was um, after I stopped playing basketball and started teaching, there was a void there. I still had that competitive, uh, you know, juices flowing in my in, in my body and, and everything, and, and I needed something to kind of take the place, and I met a guy by the name of Art Hurlbert. Um, it was it was kind of a crazy way how I met him. I um I I I went fishing. I started fishing. I live right on the Mississippi River, so I live in the town of Dubuque, Iowa, and I live right on the Mississippi River. And I went down and started fishing off the bank, and I would just throw my line out and hope to catch something, sheephead, uh, uh, catfish, um, anything that I could. And I would lose the fish every time because I didn't even know how to tie a hook. I didn't know how to tie the monofilament line. I do a granny knot. I'll fight the fish, and the hook come. I mean, the line will come loose from the hook, and I was losing the fish. So I went to a local bait shop to get some help, and that's when my life changed forever. That's when some things really happened when I went to that bait shop. Um, I met uh, one of the owners, and she said, "Why don't you join the walleye club?" And I said. I never thought about that. She said, well, you should join. They have a tournament. They just finished up a tournament today. And so there was one of the guys there 
who uh, was in a club member and he was a really nice guy. He said, well, come on out. He goes, I'm going to be going out of town, but come on out. I want to introduce you to some of the other guys. And, and he goes, and maybe you can come and, and join the walleye club. Well, I went out there and I stood out like the fly in the milk. And I never really noticed it because I was so excited about learning something new. And I've always been that way. Um, did I forget to be nervous or scared or anything like that? And I went out there, helped the guy wipe down his boat. And then he looked at me and told me, hey, I don't know why um, Randy brought you over here to talk to me. He goes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a competitive walleye fisherman, not a guide. And, and I, I won't be able to help you that much. And I felt like about big as an ant. And I felt like, wow, this is not for me. And I went, was going back to my car, but I was so excited. I forgot my hooks and my sinkers in the bait shack. And I went back in there and the owner's wife looked at me and it must, she must have read it on my face that um, I was disappointed somehow. And without me knowing it, she talked to a guy who was a guy named Art Hurlbert, who um, became almost like, well, became like a father figure to me, but also taught me how to fish. It was a wonderful relationship. Well, that's that's a good story. Uh, you know, with you coming out of Chicago, uh, I'm assuming like had had you ever fished before you got to Iowa? I know you said you had the the inkling to, but uh, do you have anybody ever take you? Uh, no, not really. My dad never really took me. A couple of times we'd go to the pond and we'll try to catch something, but we couldn't. Um, but when I met Art, it was it was it was unbelievable. So. That story, here's how that story goes on. So um, I, I, I'm a teacher. That's that's what puts the bread and butter on the table. I, I teach for a living, uh, sixth grade science teacher. And um, on my way home, I would stop and I would stop at this bait shack. So I didn't know that the owner of the store had talked to Art Hurl, but I didn't know him. But one day I stopped at the store to get some more hooks. And I met this guy. He was an older guy, just retired. He was a, a body mechanic at... Um, a local dealer, uh, Bird Chevrolet in Dubuque, and um, really avid fisherman. Um, I didn't know any of this. And what happened was I met him there, and he gave me his card. He goes, hey, he goes, um, there's not too many black guys around this area. And he goes, in fact, there's none that I know of, and I know pretty much every fisherman that are out fishing. And what happened was um, I, I fell in love with fishing so much and wanted to learn so much, I went and bought a 1956 Crestliner boat from my brother-in-law's dad and it, it was it was rugged but uh i was out i can get out but i hadn't taken it out yet because i wanted to get a depth finder on it but anyway here's how the story went he gave me his card but i was so disappointed from the first time and this was like in in august i went home and i threw the card away i i, I threw the card away and never talked to him for a long time and i met him by mistake again here's what happened I um, went the rest of the year and, you know, uh, started up, you know, I was teaching and everything, but my wife bought me a depth finder for my boat for Christmas. And I had to get some stainless steel screws to put the transducer on the boat. And I stopped at a local um, hardware store. And when I walked in, this old guy looked at me and goes, what can I do for you? And I said, oh, I'm looking for stainless steel screws. He goes, do I know you? I said, I don't think so. He goes, what do you need stainless steel screws for? And I told him I was uh, putting a transducer on a boat. And he goes, I do know you. I gave you my card and you <laughs> you never called me. You never got a hold of me. And I looked at him and I remembered. And this was in March. It was like the middle of March. 
And he looked at me, and it was a Friday evening, a Friday afternoon. And he goes, we're going fishing tomorrow. I was like, but well, it's snow everywhere. He goes, all oh, the walleyes and sauger are going underneath the tailwaters, under the Butte Dam, Lock and Dam. He goes, we're going. So um, I was so excited that I was going to go out in the boat and, and go out with a guy who knew what he was doing. I I, I got, got all of everything together, went out with him Saturday morning, but it was some mistakes that I made. First, it was really cold. He comes there with a, a snowsuit on. I come in there with just a pair of jeans and a and a starter uh, jacket, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to ruin going out here and catching some fish. And um, we uh, he had a, a tiller boat. We, we ride up to the dam. It only takes about five minutes, but the air flew up my pear's leg, and I'm telling you, it froze the family jewels right up. <laughs> I'm not, but, but I'm excited now, so I'm not going to mess this up. I'm excited. We get up there, and the first way he taught me how to fish was vertical jigging. Um, we we had probably about a, uh, I'll say a half ounce jig, uh, tipped with the minnow. Um, if you and since I was green as green can be, I had a stinger hook. I don't know if you guys know what a stinger hook is. It's a little trouble hook you put it, you know, you put on the back of that. And we went up there, and he told me you drop it off the side of the boat, you hit it on the, you, you make sure you're on the bottom, and you bring it up about two or three inches. And when you feel a, a big hit, you, you set the hook. Well, I ended up going out with them. He caught probably about, at that time, you can keep 10 fish a piece. He caught his limit. I caught about five really nice walleye and sauger that I had never caught before. And um, we got back to the boat ramp after we are done fishing. He goes, well, Joe, you did a pretty good job vertical jigging. He goes, man, how much do you know about fishing? And I told him the truth. That's like, Mr. Herbert. I don't know anything. And he goes, well, you did a good job. I said, well, let me tell you, I was so cold and I, w I was shaking. I wasn't really jigging. I was just shaking and holding on to the pole. <laughs> and the fish started hitting it. And I said, I don't know anything about fishing. And he looked at me and he said, wow, an empty glass. And later on, we I mean, for years, we, we became family. I mean, we took many fishing trips. But later on, he said that he – um. He never had a, a black friend and never had taught anybody. He taught a lot of people how to fish, but he said it would have been a, a really cool thing to teach a, a, a person of color to come out and fish and learn how to be safe on the river and to catch walleyes. And he did just that. He, he turned me into a monster as far as doing that. Yeah. That's um, awesome. It sounds like divine intervention. Uh, yeah. You, you couldn't get him away from you. He just kept showing up in front of you. Yes. Uh, we, uh, well, I'll tell you, we, I would go to his house every day after school. He'll teach me how to tie all different Palomar knot, the trilane knot, the, the uh, new improved cinch knot. We would go and he would teach me all these different knots um, that, over when we couldn't go fishing. Then we, we, he told me, he goes, hey, do you believe Jesus walked on water? I said, yeah. He goes, do you believe I can get you to walk on water? I was like, no way. Well, he got me to walk on water. We started ice fishing too. It was, <laughs> I guess my hypocrisy had no bounds. I was going to do, we, we absolutely. And, um, and, and another thing is that he believed in me and he gave me that courage. I was like, how do we know we're going to catch this type of fish? So we call it walleye. Then we'll go out and we'll, we'll catch striper and we'll go out and catch crappie. And I was like, how do you know what you're going to catch? He goes, he taught me the tendencies of, of the different types of species and where they would hang out and what they like to do and the time and the seasons. And um, that just ruined me. And I just, from that point on, I was hooked. I, 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 I would read books. I would, I would love doing, you know, going out and, 
we, everything we did as a family, um, like my dad and we'd go on trips. I told him, I said, dad, if you guys think that you guys, when my dad finally retired, and my uncle finally retired, I had to tell him about this. I said, I got this old white guy. I said, he's like the Michael Jordan of fishing. I told him that. I said, he, he made his own lures and everything. I said, he's, he's unbelievable. My uncle, he, he was supposed to be the fish master in the family. He couldn't believe it until Art put him in his place. And he did that number of times. And finally, everybody had to agree he was pretty good. But in the course of all that, I started getting pretty good as well, you know, catching fish. And I think going out, the more you do it, it's like anything else. The more you do it, the more you fall in love with it. Yeah. So, but, um, man, that's pretty incredible. That's, I mean, just the whole story from, I'm kind of like speechless, but yeah. that, that whole, you know, just the, the initial kind of interaction and, and to kind of what it blossomed and, and flourished into, um, and then, you know, kind of got you into your career. I mean, that's just, like Skeeter said, that's divine intervention and, and getting you to get that foot in the door, um, yeah. for your, for your profession and to do something that you love. Well, you know, um, most people have an uncle or a father or somebody to get involved. Um, Art was like that father. But here's the thing that was amazing that I want to share with you guys. It superseded everything. It, we, we had a bond so close, it, 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 it went beyond black-white. It went beyond, he was older than me. I was, I was in my late 20s and he was, he was retired. I, I, he had just retired. And um, we got together and all we did was laugh and enjoy just being together. And in the course of that laughing and enjoying each other, we would catch fish and do things. And I remember the first time um, he helped me. So I had that old boat. He helped me fix that old boat up. And I'd be, and here's, I'm going to share this because my faith is a lot, is, is everything to me. Soon when you start enjoying something, whatever God blesses you with, and you enjoy it, and you're thankful for it, before you really know it, God's blessed you with something better and more. So I had that boat, and I really, truly enjoyed it, but I didn't have it long. We fixed it up. I ended up selling that old 1956 Crestliner, and I got a, 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 a Starcraft, and we fixed that boat up. We went fishing in Canada and down in Mark Twain, and we went to uh, over in, in Tennessee to... Um, to real foot lake we, we went many places and but it we, we became family like my dad and them i remember one time when it really hit art when art really when it hit him because like i said you, you fall in love and you have so much fun you don't know about color like my, my son noah has a really good friend um named john and i forget his last no his name is james i forget his last name but he met him out fishing and he owns about 400 acres in missouri out by Mobley, and they go fishing together. And he's an older white guy that's in his late 60s, and Noah's down there enjoying fishing with him. But it supersedes everything. You, you start, you, you, you lose all of that, all the stuff that our, our, you know, our country's going through. It, all that stuff is out the window. It's gone. You just fall in love with each other. And you catch a fish somewhere along the way, and you, you maybe kill a deer along the way, but it's the, the, the relationships you build and the friendships you build. And that's important. That's the best part. It, it can tear down a lot of walls and and uh, often a lot of hardened hearts. Uh, I, I fully believe that uh, the great outdoors yes. uh, cure all for a lot of things. Yes, it does. I just I, I we went one time fishing and it was Art went with me and my dad, my uncle, and he said, "Wow." He goes, "I've been on a lot of fishing trips, but this is the best one because my uncle was a Air Force mechanic and Art was in the Army." 
those two got together and started telling old jokes and 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 everything. And we laughed, we ate, and then on the way home, Art goes, "You know what?" He goes, "I'm out here with three black guys, and it doesn't, and and, and it never crossed my mind. I'm the only white guy." He goes, "It never really did, you know." And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "I enjoy myself to the fullest." And um, a lot of things is broken down with that, but he he had a lot of faith in me. He's the one that. And with the fishing is what got me into the bow hunting um, by mistake. So I uh, tell you how that came about because I was just all about fishing. I I didn't know nothing. I didn't want to kill a deer, didn't want to eat a deer, didn't want to have anything to do with a deer. But when I was teaching school, the DNR, I, I became very good friends with the DNR, um, guy by the name of Mike Overson, and um, very nice guy. And we did camps together with the kids and stuff like that. And he knew I fell in love with fishing. We would go fishing sometimes. He met Art. Well, one day he came up and says, Joe, you need to try to go out and go deer hunting sometime. I said, no, I'm not doing that. So after trying to get me to do it for about two years, he did what he was really good at. He coerced me and told a lie. He said, if you don't go hunting, it was a late season, a late season, antlerless. It was an antlerless, late season bow, um, gun hunt. And he goes, if you don't go hunting, I'm going to tell all your buddies, starting with that Art Herbert, I'm going to give every one of them a ticket and say his compliments to Joe Carter. He's going, I'm going to have all your friends mad at you, all your fishing buddies. I'm like, I'm like oh, get man. out of here. He goes, that's what I'm going to do. So I said, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. So um, I went out to give it a shot. Um, it was cold as I don't know what. It was January, uh, like January, the middle of January. It's cold. And he... Um, he well, I went out with a good friend of mine. Now he's my hunting buddy. He also talked with me, but he grew up on a farm and he never bow hunt. We would go. We were, was going out gun hunting, and what happened is um, we went to this one place where he, uh, well, Mike Overson said, "You guys get out there and get set up." And he gave me this Ithaca Deer Slayer. Now this gun, I don't know if you guys ever heard of an Ithaca Deer Slayer. It has a bite to it, and I hadn't shot a shotgun. Man, every since my grandfather down in Mississippi, but I was I was gonna go out and give it a good try, and I was shocked when we got out there. We got out there really early in the morning. We got set up. I got by a, a fallen tree, and I was thinking, my buddy Matt, <laughs> he hands me his gun and he looks at me and goes, "Don't shoot me." I'm like, "I won't shoot you," <laughs> and um, uh, and I knew these deer were gonna come straight ahead. He was off to my off to my left, but what happened? Um, when those deer finally came, because Mike Overson came out probably about an hour after we got set up, he was like the dog and he walked. And I have never seen about a hundred deer at one time with frosty breaths going up in the air, standing in front of me. And I, I almost froze. And I saw one that I picked out, but she was coming to my right. And I didn't choke up on that gun. I shot that Ithaca deer slayer. It came back hit me right in the middle of my chest. The gun did a somersault up in the air, went nose down in the snow, about uh, two foot of snow. And all I remember, my buddy Matt goes, don't shoot that gun. I'm like, I wasn't. But all of a sudden, it was so many deer running around. I felt like I was a football player on a football field. I could have picked that gun up and hit like three or four deer with the butt end of that gun. And he came and got all the shells out got all the snow out, gave me the gun back, and I still, if I was good enough, and I wasn't, I still probably could have shot a deer and could have easily got one within 30 yards. But after that gun kicked me and hit me in the chest, I didn't want to have anything to do with the, the deer slayer anymore. And uh, 
awe that those two guys laughed at me. They laughed at me. And um, I didn't get a deer that day. So the following week, I ended up using a muzzle loader. And that my first deer I killed, the first deer I harvest was with a muzzle loader. The only deer I've ever shot with a gun was the muzzle loader. And um that was uh a really good, a really good challenge. But also when I went to go field dress it, first time I ever did that, that was very weird. That was it was strange. I don't know. All of us out here on here are hunters. Boy, my first field dress was a crash course. <laughs> That's uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I, so I just recently got my uh, my brother-in-law into archery hunting and he's been in it. Oh, this is going into his second or third year. So Matt, if you listen to this, I'm I'm sorry for calling you out, but I got <laughs> I got to tell the story. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he went to Mizzou. He's a Mizzou alum, um, and you know he he went through. I can't remember exactly what his his degree is in uh, specifically, but you know, he had to do some sort of like anatomy classes and things like that. So he's familiar with, you know, the layout of not only the human body, but also, you know, most mammals. Yeah. And so uh, I remember the first time that he, he killed his first deer, you know, he calls me and, and I'm, you know, I'm super stoked for him. I was like, all right, man, you know, I'll head out there. And, uh, you know, I remember bringing headlamps and, uh, you know, he harvested his first deer with a bow as well, though, awesome. on the ground. Uh, yeah. And so I remember, you know, showing up and I'm like, okay, where's she at? And, you know, picking up the blood trail and we, you know, finally recovered the deer, high five and hugging and all that stuff. And yep. like, all right, well, I'll go back and get the knives and grab the headlamps. And, uh, and <laughs> I remember us, you know, getting ready to start rolling our sleeves up. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll talk you through it. And he's looking at me, just like shaking his head. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, no, that's okay. Like, I'm going to talk you through this. And he's like, yeah. I can't do it, man. He's like, I just need to see it done once first. And so I ended up field dressing his first deer for him. Um, I tried, I don't know if this is a, I may be an anomaly with this, but my dad told me the first deer you ever kill, you got to take a bite out of the heart. Oh yeah. Uh, that's so like out of the liver. You got to take a bite of the liver is what I heard. Okay. So it was the liver for the carters. It was the heart for the Finleys. Um, yeah. But yeah, we took a bite out of the right there in the field. Um, I tried to get Matt to do it and he was like, there's no way in hell that I'm taking a bite out of that heart. I was like, all right, Matt, whatever, man, if you, you got bad luck for the rest of your life deer hunting, then, you know, that's on you. But, uh, yeah, you're exactly right to that, to, to the person that's never done a, a field dressing experience. That is, uh, definitely something to experience for the first time. Well, my hands were so damn cold my first time. I was happy to have my hand in a warm cavity. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was probably about three hours after I did the field dressing and they talked me through it. I threw up. I thought about it when I was nice and warm again and threw up. But here's something you can give Noah Carter a hard time about. And I think he's trying to connect. He might be trying I to think, connect. I think he's in I here. Mean, Noah, you here? I am in here. Hey, there Noah. he is. What's up, no, man? Noah, hey, What's going tell on? him how many deer you field dress, Noah. Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's killed a, a few deer every time. Oh, I got to watch. He's did the same thing. I got to watch it first. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to watch it one more time. So, yeah, he hasn't field dressed one yet. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. He'll get there. So, I can't give you too much flack on that one. Uh, my, I really wasn't a hunter my uh, now wife started dating her as a freshman in uh, college and I got along with her dad real well and he's like well, let me take you out hunting I'll show up this stuff so we go turkey hunting love that 
gonna go do deer hunting shoot my first deer and uh he's a great guy but he's also like a real like hands-on guy so i didn't even get the chance to, like you do it he's like let me show you how it's done so he's going through all that boom 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 uh i you know you see it done but you don't know how to do it i get a deer on my own for the first time and i was out there in the woods with the uh, one bloody hand one dry hand on youtube trying to make sure i'm doing this right <laughs> wow yeah that's fine uh, Noah's on here, but I, I man, I know he's probably like, oh man, he probably yeah, thanks, Dad. Been, appreciate that. He's gonna, well, I bet, I bet he's been telling stories all. I haven't told him that one story yet, but I'm about to start right now. Yeah. Open up the floodgates. So, uh, one of the things that I'll tell you that, uh, and Noah knows this story all too well. Um, he first started. He wanted to bow hunting, and he he started bow hunting. I think we went three years with him going bow hunting and that harvesting a deer he uh, uh he was probably in sixth seven eighth grade and shot over uh over a couple of deer shot under a couple of deer and i always told him a good job you did good you got to make him stop and this that, and the other but one day we decided to go hunting it's doing pre-rut it's like right at the beginning of the rut and we had this buck bomb it's a, a, a aerosol can buck bomb and they changed it they changed the way it works if you do it a little bit you can do it and it'll stop. But if you push it all the way down, it locks and it keeps spraying all of this dough and estrus dopey out. And for the first, we're sitting in the stand together, him and I. And he's off to my right side. It's a two-man stand. And I told him right away, I said, look, if Godzilla come out, you man down. I'm shooting a big buck. You have whatever else comes around. And um, I'm sitting there with that can. And about the third time I did it, I pushed it too hard and locked, and we got dopey all in our face. It's going all over our clothes. The only thing I can do is throw that damn can out the tree, and I throw it down, and we watch this $10 can just put a big mist in the air. And so I said, hey, we'll see whatever. And this particular stand is one of my, our best stands. We call it the Cadillac. It's where I've caught my, I shot my big big buck, harvest my big buck, and we're there, and I told Noah, be ready. So we both stood up, and here comes a uh, – all of a sudden, he comes a nice buck, but he has a broken, um, his antler is broken off on one side. I said, Noah, here he comes. He's going to come 15 yards, be ready. I'm going to stop him. And he comes up, and that deer knew something was up. Just it, the wind was in our favor. Just sometimes the animal wins. And turned around and went up over a ridge. All we could see is him going up, and he took off. And Noah was just devastated. Like, oh, man, Dad. I'm like, calm down. I said, we'll get another chance and i felt bad so i hung my bow up i said whatever deer comes is yours don't worry about it it's your deer so here comes a little small yearling of a uh, probably a year old buck and it's young and it comes down and i look at and look at noah noah sees it he's ready i said don't shoot that buck i said here's about a 150 class coming behind it. i said a really good buck is coming that one little buck walks right past 15 yards here comes that 150 class buck and I go meh but I go real loud I'm really too loud and that deer jumps probably about I'll say five yards with no, with no hesitation that he jumped but it never looked up at us it's looking in our direction but it never looked up in the tree and then all of a sudden Noah draws back on his deer and he's on his deer and I'm waiting for Noah to shoot and I'm waiting and I'm waiting I, about 25 seconds goes by I look over at Noah and I realize he has buck fever. He's at full draw on his deer, and he he he's 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 stuck. 
And I whispered to him, I said, shoot. And that deer looked up at us, and he saw his two guys sitting in that tree, and that deer took off over that hill, and all we saw was his butt and his balls going over the over the ridge. He was gone. <laughs> I look over at Noah. He's still at full draw. He's been at full draw for probably about three minutes now. I told him, put that bow down. And so <laughs> he goes, he looks at me and goes, Dad, you never told me how far he was. I was like, what do you, I said, what do you think, how far you think he was? He goes, I don't know. I had my 20-yard pin on him. I said, it was 20 yards. I said, you should have shot. Oh, Noah's thought. And then he didn't believe me. He wasn't 20 yards. I handed him the range finder. He's right by a tree we've been looking at for about two or three years. And he realized that that deer was 20 yards. He missed the opportunity. He starts crying. I was like, put that bow down and stop crying. And um, and I said, listen, you'll miss 100% of the deer that you'll never shoot at. And it's, he's taking that, that whole philosophy over to basketball as well. You got to shoot it. You got to let it go sometimes and wish for the best. But I'll never forget that. That was a lesson learned. <laughs> well, we he must not have liked that story because he has left. He'll be back. He knows that story. Um, yeah. yeah. And then it was a, another one. Here's a, a, another one. This one was about, uh, this one's probably about three years ago. So Noah's, we're hunting. He got some good areas to hunt. Um, it's some good deer there, but they're not all hiding behind a tree. You know, it's not a big buck behind every tree like most people want to believe in Iowa. But there's some good deer. But one day I'm sitting there and there was, and I'm like, I need to get some meat. I want to make some jerky. I need a big fat dough. And Noah's probably about 300 yards up a hill and I was down at the bottom. And here comes this big doe with two yearlings with her. And I shoot her. But I I, I want to shoot her broadside, but she's looking right at me. And I got one hand on the bow trying to pick it up off the, 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 the hook, off the hanger. And she's looking at me. And... She walks by and she gives me one shot. And I've been thinking about this. I said, if this deer, if a deer gets by me, I might have one shot and I cut a hole in you know some shooting lanes. And the only shot I had is what they call the Texas, the Texas shot. Anybody ever heard about the Texas shot before? Yeah, Texas hard shot. Texas hard shot. So I had I had to shoot this this deer up the rear. And everything worked out perfect. I shoot this deer, she takes off running, and I got um I got these luminots on the end of my arrow, so I knew I had a good hit. She took off running and uh, set aside, and um, the two little deer took off running too. And I said, okay, it's not going to be a good blood trail, but I, I know she's going to go down, and she probably won't make it out of this field. So I go up and get Noah and tell Noah I got one down. I want him to come help me. By the time we get down, it's pitch black dark. We get our you know, our headlamps on and everything to go get this deer. And I, I, I jump over the barbed wire fence. I say, okay, Noah. Uh, you you be ready, and um, you have your light. All of a sudden, I see my Illuminati, and I'm like, okay, there's the, that's the deer. Got to be the deer. As I start walking towards it and get my um, light, I hold my flashlight up over my head higher, the damn deer gets up and starts running. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's not down yet. So I told Noah to come bring me my bow so I can you know do the, the finishing shot. And... Lo and behold, she's there. I come up, I shoot her. She goes down real quickly and, and harvest her and everything, and Noah's there. All of a sudden, the light that Noah's holding behind me is going all over the place. It's up in the sky. It's all on the ground. It's by my ankles. It's everywhere. I'm looking back, and Noah's looking like he's about to pass out. I'm like, what in the world is going on with you, Noah? He goes, oh, Dad, you shot, you shot that 
you shot that deer up the butt. I can't take it. I'm I'm faint. I'm I'm lightheaded. <laughs> and I told myself I can't carry you and this deer out. But he got it together. He just took a knee for a minute, and he was fine. But boy, was that funny. I I told him I said, man, I I can't pick you up and this deer out of here. And and uh, he thought that was he, he's like, don't tell anybody. I almost fainted. I said. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I will. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny, but yeah, they um, that was one of the one of the fun times being out. If we got back, I kept giving him a hard time about that, and he kind of laughed about it. But yeah, yeah, that's so, that's one of the yeah. good things about the outdoors is that, I mean, every it seems like almost every time, or at least every season, that there's you know two or three lifelong memories that you're just you're always going to have those stories and always be able to you know look back on those and and you know just be able to cherish them yeah i i, I really enjoyed that night and the only reason I, I yeah you back noah yeah yeah i really enjoyed the time being out in the woods and on the water um just like i said it's, it's been an unbelievable ride for me and and will noah eventually be better than me he was born into this stuff it was, it was like you know like that old saying you know he didn't. He, I, I kind of like inherit the dark. He was born in it. He was born into it. He was he was a baby. He was out in the boat, and um, ever since he can walk, he was out in the woods with me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hear you now, <laughs> my bad. Hey. I was. It said I was in here the whole time. So, but you guys just must not have been able to hear me. But uh, yeah. I had to. I had to go back to that last story he was telling. Cause he makes it seem like like I was just you know like I didn't want to be out there and I've never seen that stuff before. I mean I feel like we've all had to take a take a knee right? Like I just seen some messed up stuff. I had to take a knee. Hey, <laughs> it's all, it's all good. It's that's understandable. All it's understandable. Yeah, I I just thought that. I mean he's he's killed it. It was it, like he was a big man like he is now. I was just it just got caught me by surprise. I saw the light going. I didn't know if some uh, coyote grabbed him or what, but he was going down. Four of yours, if you have a story, I'll throw back on 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 your dad there, on Mister Joe. Um, shoot, there's a lot of stories I wish I could tell. Uh, <laughs> I remember the best ones. There's always a story with Joe Carter. <laughs> uh, man, I can't think of I can't think of one specific one to be honest with you. Oh, um, I, yeah, I can tell you one that you want to tell. Which one? With you and Danny and that 34-inch uh, walleye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up in Green that, Bay. That, that was a crazy story, actually. So um, we were uh, we were out fishing on the Bay of Green Bay in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, we're fishing in our good buddy, uh, Danny. And the, the fishing was good. It was a great time fishing. Everything was going well, and uh, we were out fishing uh, by this place called Green Island, and uh, we got a great fish on. Danny's reeling it in. Uh, Joe's got the net. I'm there for, you know, support because I got a job to do because we're, uh, we're out uh, planter board fishing. And um, uh, so Danny has this really good fish on, and, and we're reeling it in, and, and uh, Dad's back there about to net it, and he nets it. So me and Danny start celebrating. We're like, man, we knew it was a big fish, and we could see that, you know, Joe netted and everything, and um, so we're celebrating. All of a sudden, we turn around, and and we see Dad's going to, like, reach for the water. So I'm like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he looks at us. He's like, he's like, it's gone. And we're confused because, you know, like, what do you mean it's gone? 
but what he did was he when he netted the fish instead of putting it in you know on the inside of the boat like down on the floor he put it on top of the live well which is you know it's not too far from you know flopping out of the boat so what the fish did was it was a big fish i i personally didn't get to see it but he says it was about a 33 34 inch walleye but it slapped him in the face and uh and it was right off the boat so we didn't even get to <laughs> we didn't even get to see the fish but, oh that's uh, the worst it was terrible guys yeah, yeah, that's what happened it was terrible i tell you it was a big fish and the the fish bitch slapped me and jumped. Oh, I, can't, I don't know if I can say that, but it bitch slapped me, made me bite my tongue, and it jumped off the back of the boat, and the line broke, and it had the hook still in his mouth, and they're cheering, and I look back, and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I don't have the fish, and they were like, what do you mean you don't have the fish? I was like, it's gone, and one of our other buddies, who all, these guys are pros, they were my teammates uh, at the time, and we fished together, and one of my other buddies was out with his dad. And he goes, what's going on over there in that boat? And I said, man, you don't, you won't, I don't want to tell you about it. So anyway, <laughs> Danny and, and Noah told him about it, that I lost this fish and it, and it got off the boat and it slapped me and all that. And he put it on Facebook and all of the other guys that I fish with know about it. I mean, they went crazy with that. They, they ran crazy. And for about a week, my phone was ringing about talking about that fish that got away, but it was, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Did it take your Did it take your net too? Your hoop no. Net? I so what happened? Like Noah said, it. I I I I netted the fish. I actually got it in the boat and put it up. And I was and I and I set it on the back. I fish out of a a six. It's called a six uh, fisherman series. It's a it's a ranger. And the back live well is in the back and it's like a deck you can stand on. And it just when I went to go grab the fish, it, it flopped and it hit me under the chin. And I end up biting my I end up biting my tongue. And at that point in time, I realized I was in trouble. That's when I realized I was in some trouble. So I tried to corral the fish and kind of pull it to the floor. And it flipped again and broke off and just slid off the boat and was gone. And they couldn't see it because I was on my knees. And they were they were behind me, um, looking at my back, and they were all high fiving and hugging. And when I told them that fish was gone. Oh, it was a sad day in that boat. It went to enjoy sucked right out of that boat. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, yeah. uh, well, we laugh. We laugh about it now, but it was a, the closest I've ever got to that fish. I've caught a thirty-two entry, but I, I've, I've never got a chance to get a fish like that again. So, oh, that's heartbreaking. Yep. I know. I don't know if you're no. I don't know if you're in your truck or something, but it sounds like the, the phone or whatever might have connected to your bluetooth so there's a when your dad talks it's like almost like there's a little bit of an echo okay well i, have, I don't know if Ske, skeeter will be able to cut it out but this part at least yeah I, I just we just got done with our banquet so my bad that's why no I was you're good man you're good or... so speaking of i guess we'll use that as a, a segue how was the banquet man i mean well you know we're season's done and you guys had a you know pretty Pretty incredible run, uh, year one under under Coach Gates. I mean, how, how was the banquet tonight? It was great. Um, it was good, you know, just, you know, getting that, that final little closure with this team and, um, you know, just going over all the amazing things that we did this year and uh, the great times. Uh, it was a great banquet, and um, I was able to, uh, to to let everybody know that I'm going to be coming back for next year. Um, so, yeah. Heck uh, yeah. Let's go, Noah. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you. Yeah. I know you'd mentioned it when we had you on a few months ago. Um, we cut, you know, we cut that out of the audio, but we obviously wanted you to be the one to uh, to be able to announce that decision. So 
we're we're stoked man we're we're very very happy that uh that you're gonna be a tiger for another year yeah we high lost <laughs> we lost my game but that's all right that's all right hey i'll tell you i'm excited about it too i mean with some decisions that uh he said hey i want to come back for another year mizzou has been a very nice place and i'll tell you this much um Noah has a whole lot more in that tank that he can give. I know everybody has roles on that team. And he had a highlight film out, and I watched that, and I'm like, wow, that all happened in one year, just the whole team. I got a chance to go out to uh, go down to Nashville. That was a lot of fun. And I got a chance to go out to uh, to uh, Sacramento, California. That was uh, that was amazing, too. Yeah, oh, Yeah. I think uh, our in the one shine moment video. Uh, I think we got. I think we got a little bit, just yep. a little bit. But the one clip we got was Noah throwing down the back scratcher against uh, Utah State. Yeah, it was, you, you blink, you'd miss it. They really, they really cut it short on us. But uh, he made but it. Noah was our one highlight. Yeah, remember how? Look how many kids didn't make it in there. So I was like, it was fast. Yeah. But he was in there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys make it to many games this year? Yeah, uh, you know what? This team was so much fun that uh, finding every opportunity. I think I think I got out to four or five games this year. Yeah, I was at. Uh, oh, let's see. I was at the home opener. Um, I think I went to eight or ten games this year. So yeah, I, wow. I made a connection over uh, over the summer with uh, Coach Gates, Coach C Y, um, Coach Goldstein. Uh, I work out at the airport, and so there's that connection especially when they're you know going to hit the road and stuff like that i'm able to, to go out and see the guys met up with noah uh before they went to tennessee i believe cool. um yeah. so yeah it was good to get to see them and, and you know go to see the team off um went to see them off before they went to nashville as well and just this this team is and the, the staff has just been night and day difference um not only you know within the involvement within the university the community outreach it's just been it's been phenomenal that team's great i got uh, a chance I, I got a chance to uh, like uh take pictures at that very first home opener and like the first two or three games and to see all of the empty seats so by the end of the year some of those pictures now the seat it was empty it was sold out crowds and i was like yeah. wow that's just yeah. amazing. Oh. Jam-packed house. Yeah. Uh, fun little story about that on my end is when I was a kid in high school, my dad and I, we'd watch every Mizzou basketball game. We'd talk about every game. And then one day, uh, the day we lost to Norfolk State in the in the tournament, uh, me and him had the game on in the shop. We are working on We had this old beaten-up Ford truck we were working on. And, you know, we're like, well, it's first round. We'll be all right. Game was close towards the end. Eventually, we lost. And my dad took a torque wrench and whipped it out the, the bay doors in the woods and said, I'm, I'm never watching an effing Mizzou basketball game again. And uh, he had not until I got over to my house, made dinner, and that Tennessee game where Goldstein hit the game-winning shot. That was the first game he watched since then. And from then forward, he was like, man, I mean, love Tigers. This is great. He's a good-looking team. So uh, – Shout out to everyone on the team for getting my dad back into watching basketball. I really enjoyed That's that. Awesome, man. That is awesome. <laughs> hey, at the I'll tell you when they played against them down there at the SEC tournament down in Nashville, 
I mean, they really did a good job and put it to them. I was like, wow, you know, because Tennessee, they, they're, they're no slouch. They're, they're, that's a good team, you know. Yeah, and to beat oh. them twice, I mean, I think there were a lot of people that that thought the the game at TBA when Golston hit the game winner, they were like, oh, you know, game winner is a fluke game. But then to go back into the under the circumstances in the SEC tournament to play them, you know, get the double by, um, and then play them in that semifinal game, that was that really kind of, I guess, set it in stone, you know, for this team that hey, you know, they're they came to play for sure. And I'll tell you, the first time they played Tennessee, they were whooping the hell out of them. They had, and, 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 and I will tell you this, Tennessee had a little home cu- cooking going on with the refs because they had them down by like 17 points. And the second half, Tennessee just kept going to the line and kept getting to that free throw line, stopping the clock and getting some shots in. But, yeah, they they they, they were they were hell on them. And, and thank God that, uh, you know, that Goldston hit that three. Boy, that was awesome. That, yeah, I agree. Insane. There was a lot of home cooking there in that second half for Tennessee, but you know, I'm obviously pretty biased towards the black and gold. <laughs> I think we all are. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'll tell you something that was funny. Um, Coach Gates' wife now she's hooked on walleye. You know, on my cooking of fish. Um, I've done two uh, fish dinners for the basketball team. The first time when I told Coach Gates I was going to do it. It was right before the season started, and he didn't believe I had enough fish to feed all the all the guys and all the coaches and everybody. But uh, you know, God bless me to be able to get some fish like that and have some buddies that fish. But um, they they really love it. I know his wife is one of the ones who always asks me. And I did when the very last game after their uh, senior night, I did a fish fry for him as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good dad to have on the roster there. That's yeah, right. Was, Good time. I mean, good eating. And listen, for sure, and this this is something I love to do. We get together and we go fishing, do some crappie fishing or some walleye fishing. And I'm coming down there. I'll be, you know, I uh, Noah has his boat, but I, I want to come down with mine. And, and we got a couple of good places all the way around. You know, we can go to Mark Twain or we can go down to Ozarks. But there, there's some good places to, to pull some fish out, some water. I, I like, the, you know, I got photos I can show you. I got I, I got more photos in my phone of us holding fishes as much as Noah with basketballs or my daughter with volleyball. It's, it's just amazing. I'm sitting right now in my den and I got my four big bucks right here on the wall. And I just love sitting down and watching Mizzou basketball or whatever sport I'm watching and sitting here like, wow, that happened. And, you know, and this happened. And um, it's a lot of good, a lot of fun. I don't have a really big den, but I've learned how to get deer up and, and around. My wife thought she had me beat because I had no more wall space, but I went out and found a nice cedar tree, and I got that sucker mounted up down here, and I got a nice buck. My last buck, I have 12 pointers sitting there. There you go. That's, nice. that's an art right there is getting more bucks on a wall, finding more space for bucks, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I My biggest one, though, is, is the, the first big buck I ever got is my biggest one. It's a one, uh, 171 and an eighth. And it is, it is, um, that, that deer was amazing. Like I tell you, that was the deer I, I always shot. Like I said, most time when I shot a deer, it was just like a reaction shot. But with this big one, um, I, that whole year, I kind of had a feeling like, what if I see a deer and know that it's a big trophy deer and I keep it together to be able to shoot him? And I saw this deer about 45 minutes before I got the shot. And let me tell you, when I tell you, I can actually hear my heart, my ears, and, and, and one of the things I'll tell you with the bow hunt, those deer, like, if you ever been in a classroom, you, 
know, and somebody's staring at you, you can feel that. You kind of look at them and like you're in your car and somebody's staring at you, you kind of look over, you can feel that. The deer have that on like 100. They can tell that. So I'm always sitting there with my eyes kind of half closed and I see a deer and don't look at them directly. I look at them out of my peripheral vision until it's time for me to get ready to draw on them. And um, I'm sitting up there with my eyes half closed. This deer looked at me for about two minutes and I was at the point where I didn't know if I was just going to scream or what was going to happen. But um, out of all the things that ended up happening, I was able to, to harvest this beautiful buck, um, one of the biggest ones around in this area. And boy, did I get a whole lot of flack from my neighbors because I live in an area where I stand out like the fly to milk. And they were like, all okay. It was like a tailgate in my backyard the next day to see this buck. And, and um, it was an amazing, amazing story. I shot it um, and thought I had it. But um, when I went down, it wasn't a drop of blood on my arrow at all. And I'm like, and I and I started to walk like where I, the area where I, sh the deer, I saw the deer run, but I ended up going back to my truck with my buddy, and it was about a 25 minute walk back to my truck, and and um, and I told him I was crying, I, I was a grown man and almost in tears, kind of like trying to catch my breath and walking out of like, how could I miss that shot, you know? But um, I I, I spied I spied the deer, and I ended up getting that deer, and uh, the rest is history. That was uh, unbelievable. That hunt will be with me. Uh, when I go to glory, I'll still remember that hunt. Put it like that. That's day, right. You know that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys and shaking your hand. And, and it's, it's awesome to know that I'm going to be down here a whole nother season watching Mizzou basketball. And this time, I believe, not only would they get in the tournament again, but they're going to they're gonna go away a long ways. Or make a little noise. Yep. I believe it, too. Cool. I yeah. wanted to ask you real quick. Uh, you know, you, you being a professional fisherman and, and you, you fish a lot of tournaments, uh, what is your take on the cheating scandal that happened last year that made national? Wow. I'll tell you this right now. That was terrible. And, and I know those guys, and, I, and, and I, I know those guys not very well, but I fished against them. And they was they, they, they walked around like, like you know, like, like they, they were the – like they were the, just big time fishermen and lied all the time. That wasn't the first time they had did something like that. Unfortunately, for the sport of walleye fishing, um, to get on to, to, to be in the spotlight, it was a negative way with those guys cheating, putting putting um putting lead in those fish, and they had been doing it for quite a while. They knew what they were doing, putting in um putting um fillets in there so you couldn't hear the the, the weights clank together and stuff like that. Um, just it really hurt a lot of people because they have been doing it for a while and won money um and everything doing doing something like that so that was that was pretty tough to take that was over in one of the next that was over in lake erie and that's the mecca of walleye fishing i love going to lake erie but those guys uh really put a a bad spotlight on the sport cheating like that yeah. absolutely i mean uh you know uh, fishing doesn't get uh very much tv time and as much tv time as that got that was very uh negative image on the sport and hobby itself uh but glad we have men like you out there in the field and the waters that uh go about it the right way and uh i don't think just the hour we've been talking to you 
I don't think anybody can meet you and not like you and not feel like they've got a friend. Well, I'll tell you this. It's all God. I, um, I, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because all these things are God gifts from him. And just to be able to enjoy it, you know, I always tell people um, when, when there's not too many black walleye fishermen, it's a, it's a, it's a hard sport to do because um, it's very expensive. You know, you got $100,000 boats now and you got, you know, seventy and $80,000 trucks to get around with. And the only reason I think I, I was, I've been blessed to be able to do some of those things and have breaks. I, I, you know, just blessings in order to get the things that I need to do and, and everything that I do, I, um, if I have a penny or a dime or pop cans that I take in, I've, I've taken in junk to go fishing. I've taken in old washers and dryers and refrigerators to do it, but, um, it's all worth it. And I enjoy it so much, but yeah, once, you know, and sharing it, just sharing it is you have something to eat. I always joke around with people and tell them, Hey, I didn't take up golf. Or, or 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 sport like that because I had to feed my kids. If you ever seen Noah, he's a big boy, and and my other son's big, so I had to supplement meals somehow, and it was fun to do that, you know. But I, I uh, I'm really I'm really blessed. It's just God's blessing to get out in the, in, in God's great creation and have fun. And, and one of the things that I, I it never crossed my mind and cheat because you know you you don't want to live a lie. You go out and do your best, and and for me. Here's where I've won so much the friendships, the friendships that I've had, the camaraderie. Like right now, we're like in a in a fraternity. We all bow hunt. It's like we have a special bond and we all can relate to what we do and what we talk about. I look forward to getting in a boat with you. It's those things you just can't you, you, you just can't um, you can't be thankful enough for those things because they can be taken away at a moment's notice. And if you don't respect it and keep doing it the right way. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I just, I'm happy that, like my son, one of the things that Noah was really nervous about when he was going to take, you know, put himself in a portal, he loves the fish and the hunt. And he was like, I don't want to be too far from home, but God has blessed him to have even just as good, if not, you know, better opportunities of hunting and fishing and doing that. And at a school that, um, thrive and one of the best you know and sec is probably one of the best conferences in the country and playing against some of the best basketball players and going out there and doing that has just been an absolute blessing and from the meet guys like you guys and and, and have the same passions mizzou and 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 fishing and hunting wow it's just that's god has his fingerprints all over it that's all i can say <laughs> the best of all worlds Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we we're gonna get together for sure. Like, I'll I'll be down Friday with this boat. Um, we'll get together and um, like I said, show you pictures. We can talk a little bit more about fishing. Um, when we go fishing now. We got to get together. And we got to cook and eat some fish too now. So we that's right. That. That's the fun part, right? Yeah, that's the fun part. Sit back and enjoy. <laughs> I like to get your dad and shake his head too about Mizzou and and and, and all that. And hopefully, uh. Have having some some good support and, and and a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'll I'll kind of mention I mentioned this to Skeeter and Case. Uh, one of the things that my dad's a Missoula alum. My dad's a retired fisheries biologist um, with the U.S. Wow. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, and so yeah, do you, so one thing that we're wanting to do is um, either during turkey season or maybe even after, maybe you know, kind of get into May. 
um, all the athletes, and obviously, Mr. Carter, you are more than welcome to come down. Um, we're going to host a uh, a wild game cookout in my dad's shop um, on the east side of Columbia. Um, okay. Have all the student athletes over. Uh, we've had, you know, basketball, baseball, softball, football, um, working on wrestling. But anyone that we've had on the podcast that, you know, has a connection to the outdoors, um, not only just as a thank you, but, you know, like that camaraderie and that, um, you know, fellowship that you mentioned earlier, that's this, you know, the, the athletic side, but also the outdoor side creates just such a bond. And that's one thing that we just want to kind of wrap everything up with. Um, so once we get, uh, once we get a date for that, I will definitely shoot it over to you and we'd love to have you down. I'm all in. I, I have a tournament coming up, um, in a couple of weeks here. I'll be going over to to Detroit, fishing the Detroit River and, and Erie. Um, kind of got a game plan with that. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I can come back and tell you about that. But here's the deal. When I'm there fishing for about a week, I always uh, keep walleye. I'll keep some, and I'll come, and not only will I come and enjoy that, but I'll also come and help out. I'll bring some fish and, and cook some fish, too. You bet. Yep. Cool. Well, and then we, now, Noah's coming back. We know that now. The next time we have uh, uh, a fish fry, Right there at the at the stadium, at, you know, at, at the basketball facility, I like you guys to come. It's more likely to be either the day before a game or after a game, something like that. Yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah, one of the good things about it is, like when they had their uh, their last um, their last home game, and it was senior night. I told them, I said, "Hey, I said, here's the deal. I'm going to do a fish fry, but if you guys, you can't lose. You just can't lose. It won't work if you lose." It was like okay, and they got yeah, that win, so it, it motivated him. I was like, I'm not cooking fish if you guys lose, <laughs> and I just I won't have the spirit to do it. And they uh, they pulled that win out, and boy, I cooked the fish, and we had a good time. Man. Now, real quick, before we let you get out of here, uh, Noah, when when he was on beginning of the basketball season, uh, I believe he said everybody on the team. Uh, been on his boat other than the Brown brothers and Coach Gates. Do you have an update on that? I know Coach Gates is scared to get in the boat, but he's been on the boat before. He likes to fish. Um, but I think that um, over the summertime, Coach Gates and I are going to get out fishing. That's one of the things that's going to happen. That's awesome. So uh, get him out. Um, his, he has a, a goal. He wants to catch a fish in everybody of water that he's next to. Um, like I it just even the Missouri meeting Coach Gates was a was an act of God almost. I met him in Detroit when I was doing a tournament last year in Detroit, and uh, we were talking about a little bit of fishing. But yeah, I would love to um, get together and, and um, the Brown brothers. I don't think they've been in the boat yet. I don't know. I think <laughs> Caleb and, and, and they, they'll eat the hell out of some fish, though. I tell you that much. But I, I don't think they've been in the boat. But all the rest of them, I know Gamillion. Oh uh, no. Uh, yeah, Gomillion's been out fishing with with Noah. I think that France uh, Francois has been out with them. Um, um, I think that Nick Honor's been out with them. Um, quite a few of them. Maybe Goldston. I think Goldston's been out with them. But once they go, they're hooked. So once they go and Noah's safe and they feel good, they're hooked. They go. They want to go again. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. He's taking the passion and uh, everything you taught him, and he, he's passing it along. To his teammates, that that's got to make you proud. Oh yeah, I mean they get together and they eat fish. Noah went out and he caught four nice walleye, probably about 
uh, two weeks ago. It was right after the, the, the season he went out. And they, they were all together at his, uh, at his apartment eating fish and watching and watching some games and stuff. And that, that's, that's, that's a big part of it. That's a very big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mr. Carter, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your words of wisdom and your passions with us. And uh, thank you for sharing your son with us as Blue Tigers, uh, as fans and family. So uh, can't, can't thank you enough and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I I'll let Case and Cole tell you thank you as well. Well, you guys are all welcome and feeling is mutual. I, I appreciate you guys um, um, for, for having a, having me on and everything. But like I said, it's it's it's, it's like we're we're in a fraternity. We fish, we love Mizzou and and the sports. But um, I just want to say thank you, and I feel honored to be able to share and be a part of it. We're happy Honors to have you. Ours. Yeah, it's been it's awesome having you on you. Hello? Cut out there a little bit, Case. Yeah, you did cut out. I was going to say, this, this is probably going to be one of our favorite podcasts we put out. You have some great stories. This, is, this has been a, a real blast. Yeah, it's been uh, awesome. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I'm going to make more because I absolutely am looking forward to getting down here. I, like I said, good Friday. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the boat with Noah and getting some crappies. I, I think one of the questions I saw on, on Twitter, like, when is the best time to go crappie fish? I was like, right now. Right. Right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we got on them pretty good this past uh this past Sunday and wow. caught uh yeah, I mean it's just a great time. We cooked them up last night and yeah, they're they're it's tough to keep the freezer full of crappie just because they're so dead gum good. Oh, they're good. And I tell you, we were catching some fish up here in Iowa, but when that storm came, we had a about a week ago we had a big storm come through like last Friday. Shut everything down. I mean, every single yeah. thing shut down. So, yeah. All right. Well, you guys take care. I look forward to it. Thank you for being such a good young man. It's a blessing to meet other good young men as well. So, I'm, 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 I'm awesome. I'm convinced that you know this world can be a better place. We meeting good people like yourself. I appreciate. Well, thank it. you, Mr. Carter. All right. You guys take care. God bless. M I Z. All right. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, baby. All right. God bless you. Keep you. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. How awesome is he? Oh, man. That was awesome. great. He's great. Phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal guest. All right. A ton of great stories. Yeah, those, yeah. those, 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 that's exactly the that's that. And I didn't want we started this thing. I just want some just, you know, real in depth, good stories like that. And he, he was full of them. He would, he was great. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't like this podcast, well, I don't know what to tell you. Yes, yeah, that was, that's what it's all about right there. I mean, it's long. I understand that, but this, this is the best content we may, we may have yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, Noah came in just at the right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never back on the pod after having his dad on here telling him. I know. Yeah, little, he just oh, like man. showed up too. He's just like, oh, hey, Noah's in here. Hey, we're here telling the story about yep. you. <laughs> Golly. Well, fellas, uh, thank you all. And Cole, keep, keep doing this because. Uh, this this stuff that 
people are going to love to hear. I, I, I just feel it. Just know I will. it. I will. I can, uh, I can link up with them before I go to work Friday. I definitely will, and we'll get a picture posted with the Carters. Absolutely. So cool. Well, thank you all, and have a good night, and happy Easter, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care. <laughs>